0: Uh, can we sit down, please? Thank you all very much.
1: So, uh, time isn't very much on our side, so I'm going to like jump straight into things, but I really pray and hope that I can still do the word justice this morning. Um, Laddie actually shared my word during his testimony. He said next year, uh, he prays he goes into 2019 in peace and not worrying about anything. And as I sat there and everyone was sharing their testimony, I kept saying to myself, oh my goodness, God, you've been so good to us as a church, as individuals. We have so much to celebrate you for. And I stopped counting uh, after a while how many people were coming up to give testimonies. I was just like, God, you've just been so good. But I was still conscious at the same time that there are people here who didn't share testimonies and who are still waiting on God to bring their breakthrough, to answer their prayers, to answer everything that they're asking for. And there are people equally, you might have shared your testimony, but there is still something nudging at the back of your mind that you are waiting on God for, that is causing you sleepless nights maybe, that is a worry, that is a burden, that you just can't seem to get over. And that's been me for the last couple of weeks. It's just been a bit of worry. God, you've promised this. When is this going to happen? God, what about this? What about that? And I really find comfort in the word. And that's what I want to share today in terms of the answer that God gave to me, I want to share with you. So Aura is very kindly going to read for me. It's a long scripture, so you're going to have to bear with me. It's Second Chronicles chapter 20. And we're going to read from verse 1 through to 30. So Second Chronicles 20 from verse 1 through to 30. Aura, over to you. To
0: Second Chronicles chapter 20. It happened after this that the people of Moab, with the people of Ammon, and others with them beside the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazon Tamar, which is in Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared, and set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel And gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If disaster come upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence for your name is in this temple and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab and of Mount Siah whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given to us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehiazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Jalil, the son of Mataniah, a Levite, and the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid, nor dismayed, because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head and with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of Kohathites and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, and who should praise the beauty of his holiness. And they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercies endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Siah, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies falling on on the earth. No one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were there three days, gathering the spoil because there was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Berakah, for, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place was called the valley of Barakah until this day. Then they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem, with Jehoshaphat in front of them, to go back to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdom of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God
1: gave him rest all around. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Aure. Thank you very much. Can we just quickly bow our heads um, to pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for your word that we just read, Almighty Father. Lord, we ask, Almighty Father, that your word shall breathe life unto us, Almighty Father. Let it bring understanding, Lord. Lord, I've been tasked this morning to share, Lord. I pray that you speak through me, Almighty Father, not of myself, but of your spirit, Lord. Lord, I pray that your word should bring hope to someone here this morning in restoration, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wonderful. Thank you. So the background to that story started from verse one. And um, Jehoshaphat was faced with war. He, people were waging war, particularly three groups, the Moabites, the Ammonites and the Mennonites. There's so many ites in this story, so you're going to have to forgive me for pronunciation. They were waging war against him and uh, the Israelites. And he didn't know what to do. So that's the context of this story. And if you read verse 3, he said he was alarmed. Just to put it in context, I'm using the NIV Bible because I feel like it tells this story really well. Verse 3 said he was alarmed. Jehoshaphat was alarmed and he resolved to inquire of the Lord and proclaimed a fast for all of Judea. Judea. So his very first reaction was fear. He was worried because here was a group of people who somehow were related to him, but were waging war against him and his people. He didn't know what to do. And like all human beings, sometimes when we're faced with challenges, we're faced with difficult situations, the first reaction is to fear, is to worry, is to start to think, oh my goodness, what am I going to do about this very thing? That was the same thing that Jehoshaphat faced. And I wrote down in my notes that although being worried, he shifted very quickly. So that scripture said, alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. So fear came. He couldn't get away from the fear. That worry still came to him. But almost instantaneously, because of the fear, he went to inquire of the Lord. Amen. What that showed me is that worry is natural. It comes to all of us, whether we like it or not. We don't, it's, it's a reaction to call it chemicals, biological, whatever it is. When you're faced with certain situations, when you're faced with challenges, when things are not going your way as you expect it to, you fear but the important thing is that you don't stay in fear you don't stay worried why I wrote down that worry doesn't change anything it's only a form of control but doesn't have the ability to change the past or the future it only holds you down in that moment Matthew 6 4 says 34 it says do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry itse- about itself each day has enough trouble of its own So, worry is unbelief. It's you focusing on that very thing rather than focusing on God. In this instance, Jehoshaphat, people were coming for him. He was aware that this war was coming, and he had a choice to either stay fearful, stay worried, or move on and do something about it. And what Jehoshaphat did, rather than worrying, he shifted his focus immediately to God. So, the worry came, he was troubled. But immediately, he went to God, he prayed, and he fasted. And I said, it's important that you focus on God and let his spirit control your thinking, because as Romans 8, 6 says that your mind is, the mind that is governed by flesh is death, but the mind that is governed by the spirit is life and peace, amen. So don't resist worry. When worry comes, when you are faced with situations where you are worried, you can't resist it. You know, you have to let it come, you have to say, okay, I'm worried, But the only thing that I can do is shift my focus from this worry, that feeling, and shift my attention to God. Amen. Amen. So this scripture that we just read, I want to pick out 11 things or let's say 9 things that Jehoshaphat did to shift his focus from his problem to God. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at, if you want to... Put a title to uh, this message nine things to do when you are seeking God nine things you need to do when you are seeking God the very first thing that Jehoshaphat did after inquiring of God and proclaiming a fast can be found in verse six in verse six it says are we there verse six? Oh no it's not the screen It says, Lord, the God of our ancestors, you are not the God who, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nation. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. So the very first thing that he did is he reminded himself of God's greatness and acknowledged God's power. He started by recognizing how sovereign God was and that realizing that God had the ultimate power And he could control everything and that no one can withstand God. So when you're facing a situation, when you're worried about something and you're going to God to say, God, I need you to help me. The first thing you need to do is start from a position where you recognize and acknowledge God's power and acknowledge his gratefulness. It means you are totally surrendering yourself into God's hands and you're recognizing who he is in your life. Amen. The second thing you need to do is you need to recall what God has done in the past and his promises about you. In verse 7, it says, Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? I realize that when we're facing situations, it's so easy to be overwhelmed by everything that is happening and to forget of the previous things that God has done for you and that he is still doing. We get so caught up in the things that you need right here, right now, or that situation that you just don't remember that actually God gave you that job yesterday. He gave you that promotion. He brought you out of that state that you were in before. And you get so caught up in that moment. But I wrote down that now is a time to testify. It's a time to testify to everything God has done. If you think about a parent and a child or any situation where you're seeking God for, or you're seeking something from your parent, let's say, or a friend has come to you to ask for something. If they start from a position of, oh my goodness, I'm so grateful for this that you did last time. Thank you so much for helping me with this. You're more inclined to be like, oh, this person is actually grateful. This person remembers what I did for them. In that same way, God wants us to be grateful He wants us to acknowledge and actually know that we remember the things that he's done for us. So you need to remember the things that he's done for you, but you also need to remember his promises about you. Jehoshaphat was saying there, you gave us this land, you gave it to us forever for all the descendants of Abraham. So that was God's promise for him and his people. That means you need to know God's promises for you. It means you need to know the word of God. You need to be tapped in to know what are the things God has said about your life in his word. But he's also spoken directly to you so that in that moment of worry, in that moment of doubt, you can say, God, you promised me this. Your word says this about my life. And you can record those very specific things. Amen. Number three, you need to bring the specific situation or the specific issue to God. When you come to God and you come to request ends, it doesn't help when your request is vague. You know, in church, when pastor often says, ask God for one thing, and you're just like, God help me, God bless me. It's like, bless you in what? Like, I've given you life, that's a blessing. You can breathe, that's a blessing. You can see, that's a blessing. So you have to be specific in what you are asking God for. You have to be able to say, this is the very thing I'm coming to you for. And that's in the same uh, story we're reading in verse 10 and 11. Jehoshaphat said, the men from, uh, uh, from Ammon, Moab and Mount are here, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they, turn, uh, so they turned away from them and did not destroy them. So he was was basically saying, God, this is the situation. This is what is happening here and now. This is where we need you. These men are here to destroy us. We need you to help us. He was very specific in his request. In the same way, you need to say, God, this is the thing I need you to help me with. It's important to do that because then you can also measure it, right? You can say, I asked God for X, Y, Z, and God did X, Y, Z. Rather than I ask God to bless me, I think he's blessed me. I'm just not sure if it's the things that I expected, amen? So you have to learn from other people in the word, learn from Daniel, from Ezra, who came to God with very specific requests and God answered their requests, amen? Amen. Number four, are we following me? Great, number four is to surrender to God and tell him, I need you to do this different from the last one because the last one is you're bringing what that situation is and what that problem is what's causing you to worry you're bringing it to God and you're saying God this is causing me to worry or this is giving me a headache this is giving me a sleepless night but number 4 you're surrendering to God and you're telling God God regarding this particular worry I need you to do this regarding this thing that's causing me sleepless nights has given me so much fear and anxiety I need you to do this about it. Jehoshaphat said in verse 12, our God, will you not judge them? He was saying, God, I need you to judge them. He said, we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So he was saying, God, we totally surrender to you. Pray is a time for you to put your pride aside and just lay everything bare to God and just say, this is what I need you to do. No one is listening to you. No one cares in that moment. It is just about you and God. It is you saying, God, I am powerless regarding this situation, and this is how I need you to help me. Amen. Amen. Are we following? Yes. Great. Wonderful. And then number five, this is what I really want to frag, is to pray in the multitudes of people. Pray in the multitude of people. There's nothing wrong with praying alone. But there is power in gathering and praying together. At church at the moment, we're praying, we're fasting and praying and coming together every day to pray. And it's specific. It's not saying stay at home and pray from there. That's okay. It's coming together as a multitude to pray. In verse 5, it says, Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judea and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the courtyard. This was a king, bear in mind. He could have just said, I'm going to go in my room, you know, I don't need to let these people see me break down about the war that's to come. I need to have a tough front. But he didn't do that. He stood in front of the people. He stood in the assembly. He gathered with the people around him and they prayed together. It's so important that you pray with people because God may use other people to speak to your situation. In verse 14, when already says the spirit of the Lord came on Jehazel, who was in the crowd, and God responded to Jehoshaphat. God's response to Jehoshaphat came through him. So you are praying in the multitude of people, but you don't know who God is going to use to respond to your situation. Amen. If you read from verse 15 to 19, you can see the answers that God spoke specifically But it's you seeking God boldly and confidently and you're not worrying about other people seeing your weakness or other people worrying about the things that you are praying about. You're just saying to God, I need you. I'm going to come with people because there is power in uniting with others and praying with others. Amen. And then number six, I wrote down, you need to listen to what God says and you need to trust what God is saying to you. So here you had Jehoshaphat in the multitude of people. They were praying together. And in the same way, we gather together, we pray, and then we go home. But what was different for them, it says, all of the men of Judea, in verse 13, it says, all of the men of Judea and their wives and their children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Pray is also about listening. You know, you pray, you pray with people, you might pray alone. But you need to listen. Amen. And you need to be sensitive when you are praying or after you have prayed so that you can hear God speak. Imagine right there in the temple where after they had finished praying. If Jehoshaphat just said, great, we're finished, everybody go home. Then they wouldn't have heard the answer that was coming, right? But it was by staying there, everybody who stood there together, that they then heard the answer that was spoken to God. Sometimes you don't need to go out looking for a sign. You don't need to go out looking for that miracle. You just need to key into the spirit. Be sensitive to what the spirit is saying. Key into what other people around you are saying. Look at the word of God and your breakthrough, your answer might just come from there. Amen. I wrote down that that you have to trust what God says to you. From verse 15 to 19, when God responded, he said four things to Jehoshaphat. The first thing he says is, do not be afraid. The second thing he said is, the battle is not yours, but God's. Number three, he says, take your position and stand firm. And he says, the Lord will be with you. Now, this was a man who was just a common person who was saying, this is God's response to your prayer, Jehoshaphat. He was saying, you've prayed, we have prayed, and this is God's response. Sometimes when God uses other people to speak to your situation, you're thinking, who are you? Like, you're no one, so why should I take to heart what you're saying? But the four things that Jehoshaphat needed to hear were spoken through that man. And you just have to pay attention. You know, that should give you the reassurance. War is coming, and you have been told, do not be afraid. The battle is not yours, but the Lord's. Take your position and stand firm. The Lord will be with you. If that's what God said to your situation, how would you respond? And if he said it through someone, just someone else, how would you respond? Well, Jehoshaphat believed what this man said. He believed that God was speaking through him. And the reason why we know that he believed is in verse 18 to 19 and what he did. He thanked God in advance. So number seven, what you need to do when you are worrying, when you are seeking God is to thank God in advance. Verse 18 said, Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all of the people of Judea and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Now, God had responded to the situation and said, here, this is my response. Not, oh, okay, take 500 men, go and stand here, you know, take 200 men, buy these guns and these weapons. God just said, don't worry, the battle is mine. And what did he do? He fell down to his knees and he worshipped. He thanked God in advance. Now, at GLC, when we're doing workers' training, we were talking about our five Ps. Does anyone remember our five values? One of them is Praise. We praise God in advance because we are confident of our breakthrough, of our testimony. That's what Jehoshaphat was doing there. And that's what we need to get into the habit of practicing. That when you're worrying and when you seek God and you get a response, trust what God is saying and praise him in advance. If you've heard from God, worship him. Celebrate that testimony because that is you putting your faith into action even though it doesn't look like it's going to be possible, it doesn't add up, you're trusting God and you're applying your faith and you're saying, yes, God, I believe in your word. I believe in that breakthrough that's coming. Verse 20 said, they stood and praised God with a loud voice. Your thanksgiving, as I said, your praise is a reflection of your faith and your confidence in God. You have to be confident in your victory. You don't wait until it happens. You praise God all all along the journey. Amen. Amen. Number eight is you have to act as God instructs you to. And that's in verse 20. So God had told them what to do from verse 15 through to 18. And in verse 20, Jehoshaphat did exactly as God had told them to do. It says, early in the morning, they left for the desert It's almost like God said, do this, and he did it. He told the people of Judea and all the people of Jerusalem, he says, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. So he was encouraging other people that God has said it; it's going to happen. Let's do it. So you have to act as God has instructed. I wrote that there's no point in praying and asking for God to help you if you're not willing to act as he instructs. You know, sometimes the things that God asks us to do look difficult. You're thinking, God, I just don't want to do it. But if you really want that breakthrough, if you really want God to answer that prayer, if you really want to overcome that worry, you have to do as God tells you. It was the night before that they were praying that they heard from God. And it says early in the morning. So the very next day, he didn't procrastinate. They didn't wait. The very next day, they went ahead and they did what God told them. So my question to you is, are you ready to act? Are you confident of your victory? Verse 22 says, as they began, or because of their singing and dancing. So their victory came because they had celebrated in advance, because they acted. So as they began, it's almost like as they began to do what they were supposed to do, what God had called them to do, their breakthrough came as a result of that. So the very next thing you need to be is to be expectant. You need to expect God to turn your battle into blessings. You need to expect him to turn that worry into peace. And if you read from verse 24 to 30, you can see that they were expectant. And their expectation is they had praised God in advance. They acted. And as a result of that, their victory came with additional blessings. So they didn't even need to do anything at all. It says, let's just read from verse 24. It says, when the men of Judea came to the place that overlooked the desert and looked towards the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So remember that God told them that this is my battle, not yours. They were acting. All he said was the next day, prepare, go out to this field. And when they got there, all the men were already dead. God had already done what he promised. He said the battle is mine. I will fight this battle for you. So when they got there, they didn't need to do anything. It says all they saw was dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. Verse 25 says so Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder and they found amongst a great they found amongst them a great amount of equipment and clothing. So not only were you afraid in the beginning that, you know, war was coming and you were going to be overtaken but now you get to the battle place you find that the war's already ended and it came with prizes you know you had freebies to take home with you you have to be expectant and you have to not only be expecting that God will over God will take you through that challenge but you have to be expecting that he will turn that battle into blessings amen and the final thing is you have to let your testimonies glorify God. Let your testimonies glorify God. In verse 27, after they had returned, it says they returned joyfully to Jerusalem. For the Lord had given them a course to rejoice over their enemies. And 28 says they entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and, ly- and lyres and trumpets. And the most beautiful thing about this story for me is in verse 29 and 30. It says, The fear of the Lord came on all surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace for his God had given them rest on every side. So this was, if you remember at the beginning, war was coming. This man started with fear. He started with anxiety, with worry thinking, how am I going to overcome this? And he went to God in prayer, and it ended with them celebrating and rejoicing and saying they had peace on every side. This story gave me confidence that regardless of what we're facing, God can bring us through, and he can help us overcome. And how we can do that is through practicing things exactly like Jehoshaphat did, making sure that we pray in the multitudes of people, making sure that when that worry comes, we don't stay in it, but actually we go to God immediately. We accept that there's going to be fear, there's going to be worry, there's going to be anxiety, but we don't let that consume us. We turn to God instead. Amen. Verse 26 says they continue to praise God. Don't be ungrateful. You know, you have to continue to praise God because your testimony might just be what changes other people's story as well. It's, uh, in verse 29, it says the fear, of the, God, of the fear of God came on all surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So it's almost like other people heard and they thought to themselves, we can't mess with this people. Amen. So I'm going to conclude by saying like Jehoshaphat's story should give us all hope that God answers prayers. And God is the only person that can turn our story around. That when we're faced with fear, when we're faced with worry, when we're faced with anxiety, we can either let that consume us or we can change our focus and turn to God. And if we turn to God and we turn to God in prayer and in fasting, he will turn our stories around, amen. So I'm gonna ask us just for a couple of minutes, we're gonna rise and we're gonna take a couple of prayer points. We are in the season of praying in church at the moment. And only you knows the things that you're worrying about. And we're going to take everything that Jehoshaphat did and we're going to turn it into prayer points. So the first thing we're going to pray is from verse 3 and we're going to say, Lord, let my fear not hold me back from seeking you. In that moment, Jehoshaphat could have let his fear consumed him, let it overwhelm him and just stayed afraid in that moment. But instead of being afraid, instead of staying in that place, he turned to God. He inquired of the Lord. He went to go and pray and fast. Ask God regarding that thing that is causing you to be fearful, that is causing you to be worried. Ask God, come to him in prayer now and ask him to move you closer to him, to seek him and to not let that worry consume you. You see, Jehoshaphat was seeking God in the multitudes of people. So you're going to say, Lord, help me to seek you boldly and confidently in the multitude of people. That means you're going to be bold in speaking up. You're not going to be worried about who is to your left or to your right. You're going to say, God, this very thing is consuming me. Help me, Lord. Help me not to be consumed by these things. See, the people that are around you when you're seeking God is so important. You're going to say, Lord, put me in the midst of the right people to seek you together. You need people that God is going to speak through them into your situation. You need people who are going to be like-minded around you that can hear the word of the God, that can discern the spirit so they can know that actually this word is for this person. next thing you're going to say is Lord help me to remember what you've done and totally surrender to you we don't want to be those that are ungrateful that seek keep coming to God just to ask for more and more and we don't recognize the things that he has done for us in the past say God help me to be to to remember the things that you have done and to be grateful Lord for everything that you've done help me to to remember the past victories Lord next thing you're going to pray is Lord help me to be attentive and to hear when you speak there's no point in praying if you're not going to listen to the response Lord help me so that my prayers are not going to be rushed I'm not just going to speak and then leave Lord help me to remain in your presence Lord help me to be sensitive to your spirit Lord to your word in every way that you might possibly minister to me Lord help me to hear that which you say next you're going to say Lord give me the strength to do as you command give me the strength to act as you have commanded if Jehoshaphat didn't do what God has said there's no way they would have won that war there is no way that they would have claimed that victory you're gonna say Lord teach me to have a praiseful and thankful heart all the way through even when it doesn't look like it's gonna happen even when it looks impossible Lord teach me almighty Father to be to be thankful all the way to praise you all the way through knowing that you are going to bring me through it teach me to trust in your response and to celebrate and to praise you in advance of my breakthrough Lord Lord Lord, teach me, Almighty Father, Lord, where my faith is weak, Lord, strengthen my faith, Lord. Next thing you're going to say is, Lord, teach me to trust you and leave the how over to you. Teach me, Lord, to trust you, Lord, and leave the how to you. It's so easy for us to pray and then to take the situations into our own hands. But you want to leave it to God. If he says, trust me, I will fight this battle on your behalf, then you have to be able to leave it over to him. So say to God, Lord, help me, Almighty Father, to surrender to you totally, Lord. Help me not to take actions into my own hands, not to try and form my own way through, through this, not to rely on my own human thinking, Lord, but to leave everything over to you and to leave the how, just to do the bit that you have commanded me to, not anything else, just the bit that you have commanded me to, Lord. And lastly, you're going to say, Father, teach me to share my testimonies in the right way that will bring the glory to you and not to myself. Teach me, Lord, to share my testimony in a way that will attract other people to your kingdom, Lord. In a way, Almighty Father, that will speak to your glory and that will bring glory to your name. That it will not be about me, Almighty Father, but it will be about you alone, Almighty Father. Lord, teach me, Almighty Father, to say the right things, Almighty Father, that will minister unto other people and that will show others just how good you are, just all that you are capable of doing, just everything, Lord, that you are doing and you're able to do, Lord. Lastly, I'm going to ask you like Jehoshaphat did, to bring one very specific thing to God that you know that is causing you worry, that is causing you anxiety that you don't want to go into the new year with, you don't even want to go into next week with. I want you to bring that very specific thing to God this morning and I want you to surrender it to God. Like Jehoshaphat did, I want you to surrender it to God and to say, God, help me with this. Lord, help me to break through this. Lord, help me to overcome this. The very next thing that Jehoshaphat did was to listen to God. They stood there patiently. They waited on God. So I'm going to ask you as you commit that thing to God, just to just to be silent in the spirit for a minute and let God speak to you. Pay attention.